Hi, Adam. Hey, Trey. Hi, Tim. Hello. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. It's great to be home, honestly. Yeah. 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 Tim flew in from Minnesota. Tim just, is our, our just surprise to, special guest. Just to record this podcast. I did. It only cost me a lot of money. What are flights expensive? <laughs> just a little bit. You know, just a tiny bit. The airline industry is doing really well right now. They are. They are. They're, um, what's the word, trying? Are they trying? I don't know. <laughs> I haven't flown anywhere in <laughs> years. Uh, I, the last time I flew, I mean, the, the flight was fine, but then we had to wait at the the thing. Like, once we landed, we had to wait for, like, 45 minutes because there just wasn't anybody to, like, like let no, us off. Yeah, and no that pilots. was not fun. They got to call them from their apartment or their house that's literally an hour away and wait oh sure oh yeah no they have um they actually have little like satellite locations that they house some of the people in east boston don't ask me why i know that (laughs) huh 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 huh. so yeah for me (laughs) well how's everyone's week been it's good it's good came here to surprise some friends to see some theater shows back in my I was about to say hometown. No, not from here. Uh, back where I used to live for Close. a little bit. Yeah, I might as well be. I feel at home <laughs> when I'm in Boston. So, <laughs> That's good. Adam, how's your group project going? We're not talking about my group project because... But it's an ongoing not, series. The listeners is, need to know. Listen, my therapist already, when I... Like, my last uh, session with her, I was... She's like, so how's it going? I was like... So the group project thing, she's like, oh, we're still on that. I was like, that's not going away until December. No. It's like, you're going to, this is, this is what we're talking about until December. I just buckle the fuck in. Um, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to uh, destroy our audience's uh, uh, feelings about humanity if I talk about that. So, um, so what I'm hearing is your therapist is going to need therapy <laughs> after yeah. listening to you rant I don't about know. your group I, project. Listen, if I'm what destroys her psyche i can't imagine that that's the case but that's now something to keep me up at night thank you i would think that's something to be proud about no at this point. yeah no i like I'd her be, i want her to be that. happy break a therapist you know i don't that's know no no <laughs> oh god i hope she doesn't listen to that <laughs> oh um, come my... on we need listeners <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, she Are you knows, saying she doesn't? So she what I'm hearing the is that your therapist doesn't support the arts. That's How not dare true. you? No, That's what I she's got from wonderful, um, but it's it's not for her. She doesn't partake in the community theater scene. Well, you so know the why? thing about community theater is it should really be all the people in your community. I'm making a very terrible joke about. Can you my on? my week has been pretty good. <laughs> it's been nice to see Tim the past couple of days and chauffeur him around. Oh, am I here? I didn't realize that. Sorry. <laughs> I'm off track. So. You know what? Fuck my week. Let's just move on. <laughs> this is going to be the most chaotic episode yet. And it's not because of lot. me, people. It's, it's not going to be close. <laughs> we just played a board game upstairs. Yeah. Is that considered a board game? It's a dice uh, yeah. game. Well, I think board game is like an overarching term for like games played i mean like a tabletop game yeah i'm glad we were talking about this this is what my outline was about i didn't actually pick theater i just picked like the structure of board games versus dice games 
Well, I, this is a boy game podcast. <laughs> what do you know about theater anyway? I figure that was mean. That was a mean thing for me to say, but it was actually really funny. Audience laugh. Thank you. <laughs> get that cue going. Oh, we should get a laugh sign and put it in here. <laughs> There's no one in just here except us. Just for nobody to laugh. Just, <laughs> but yeah. it'll just, you know, we'll tell a mediocre joke and it'll just go. <laughs> the saddest thing in the world. I want Quite. one now. I bet I could find one. Probably what a waste could. of money. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I'm good at. Uh, so, so theater, I guess. Yeah, I mean, Tim, uh, tell us a little bit about you. Um, yeah, you, your background, um, how you like of, the of community and theater, then, uh, yeah. and then what you want to talk to us about today. Yeah, so I started theater uh, when I lived in South Carolina, much like that's Trey. Rough. I know, right? That's where we. Uh, that's where we actually met. Uh, me and his wife were. Oh, that's I guess rough. She, I know, right? You could say childhood best friends. You know, child. Yeah. You know, starts at high school. I feel like a child at that point. But I started theater in high school. Uh, went on to Anderson University. Studied musical theater with a concentration in acting and directing, with a minor in communications. Didn't get a degree. You know, I feel like I should throw that part out. Lies. I don't know. It's, just, <laughs> it's a rough area. Sure. <laughs> well, that, that will be part of the podcast for a good 15 minutes. Uh, yeah, I've just been doing theater on and off. I moved to Boston, uh, stayed with Trey and Adina recently, got into some good shows where I met the lovely Adam yes. sitting next to me. Hear that bitch is lovely. Lovely. Shared one of my favorite roles uh, beside him when I was playing Johnny and he was playing St. Jimmy. Mm-hmm. It was one of my favorite times ever. Me too. Directed by the lovely Trey. I was getting to that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Musically directed by the lovely Trey Lundquist. And Can you give him another ad- adjective besides lovely? Because I was lovely, and I just don't think we're on the same level. I don't think you realize how lazy I am. <laughs> it's, I'm glad I got this far in the podcast without just hurling across oh my to my iPad. And then uh, I met the beautiful... Okay, that's another adjective. I met the beautiful uh, Madison Dindorf here in Boston, and then I moved to Minnesota with her, where I continue to do theater. And... During my entire years in theater, I've learned something very important, which is what I want to talk about today, mm-hmm. is the youth in community theater. The youths. The youths. That's the troubled youths. That's saying it the yeah. whole night. <laughs> you got, I'm giving you three. Okay. Before you're cut off. <laughs> I'll use them wisely. <laughs> or don't use them. It's also use an option. Use them wisely. Okay. <laughs> Go on. Please, because this isn't, I, we've talked about this a little bit before. This is a very interesting topic to me because when it comes to like working with younger actors that are like, even even high school or below, like if they haven't already graduated or at that college level, I just tend to stay away because I, I just, I mean, I, I like to interact with people my own age and sure. there's a lot of other social and cultural aspects of me wanting to stay away from Anyone that's not my age. And that's the big thing about it. It's the social aspect is because they feel like there's nothing relevant for an adult person when you're working with a bunch of kids in a theater show. Mm -hmm. But in reality, you find that the thing that you share most with them is just the idea of, you know, them being very impressionable. And that's what I've always realized when I've been in theater is that you hold a more important part than you think. Now, even if you don't talk to this child the entire time you're in the show they're still looking around. They're still looking for their social cues. They're still looking for someone who they can see as a teacher. And that's what mm. I always thought was something very important. And that's why I got very interested, you know, in wanting to teach kids theater or at least just try to be a good role model at that point. 
And I know role model and Timothy Gravely don't really go hand in hand. So. But, oh, no, no. Yeah, I thank would, you. Thank I you. say that. Thank you. Where was the sound cue for that? God, someone give just, Adam his mark. I just did it <laughs> with enthusiasm. But in, in all seriousness, I love teaching kids here. Like back in Anderson, I used to do a program during the summer where we would actually have some of the kids come up from high schools around the area. We would teach them a course about directing, acting, singing, just the basics. And we'd help them put on a show that they would uh, go on at the end of the program, just mm-hmm. like sort of like a review or if it was like a 10 minute play or if it was just like a part of a show. We would just spend our entire time trying to help them cultivate themselves as better actors or better performers. And that was always something that was very important to me. So, yeah, I mean, like, you know, I do a lot of teaching, um, as you've seen, we've both seen in some respects. Um, So, you know, I I also teach voice for musical theater to, you know, a lot of teenagers because that's who's signing up for voice lessons. And I work with a group that does, like, primarily youth shows, right? So, but I think what you're talking about is, 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 is interesting. I think the dichotomy between the two is, is something interesting to dive into in that, like, there's a difference between, like, me as a teacher, right, mm-hmm. and, like, just doing a show that also involves, like, yeah, like teens or kids, right? Exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's really. I think it's a super interesting subject. I think that when I think back to like when I started doing theater, there were certainly, you know, people that I looked up to a lot who were like adults, right? Because like when you do a show with someone, so it's not particularly a learning environment. It's really like. I think it's interesting to see like who 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 gets it who mm-hmm. understands that like yeah these 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 kids might be like even if not outwardly they are like looking up to you they're looking for like a mentor oh yeah in this like especially like our, our art is so like oftentimes like vulnerable it's it's difficult and it's it's i always like to see people who like get it and are like oh yeah okay like i'm gonna help you out right? exactly like for example, one of the shows I did in Minnesota recently is I got to play Sky in Mamma Mia. And the way they did it, you know, most post-COVID shows are doing this whole sort of double casting thing where, you know, they want more than, you know, just one actor to sort of portray the role on different weekends or on every other day. Well, yeah. yeah. In case somebody gets the vid. <laughs> gets the vid, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I feel like there's also, it's because of that health reason, I feel like there was a lot of lost opportunity when COVID first came around. Because me personally, I was going through a show, put three months of rehearsal. I was doing Tuck Everlasting. Opening night comes up, bam, canceled. Opening yeah. night. Oof. And yeah. that's, that's... A lot of people felt that. A lot of people felt that. I mean, that. It, yeah, that's yeah. been most shows over the last yeah. couple of years. And the worst part about it is like the whole theme of Tuck Everlasting is you don't have to live forever. You just have to live. So mm-hmm. that really didn't go well right. with uh, the cast in the back when we were hearing all these sad songs. Just a lot of, a lot of tears. Right. A lot of hand-holding. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, going back to Mamma Mia, when they did that, they casted two teenagers to play Sophie and Skye, to which I was honestly super open about. These kids were really apt to get into it. They were very excited, which is honestly like a first check mark for me. It's like some of these kids get handed these roles and you can tell that it's just like they're doing it 
maybe because their parents wanted them to get out and do it or maybe they think they're getting it because they just deserve it off the cuff. And it's like you could tell these two kids put in their hard work. So I was very excited to see how they tackled the process. And the young man that played the teenage guy was a man named James and well, a young man named James. And I got to say, James, if you're listening, hope you're hearing this. He has got to be one of the most respectful, well-earned young actors I've ever seen in my life. This is a this is a guy who knows I'm not where I need to be right now, but I'm literally going to do whatever it takes to get to where I need to be. Sure. That's yeah. great. And he, during the performance, he glossed on because it was the first performance. I get up and I do my song. I do my scene. And he's very discouraged at first just because we were first meeting each other. And he comes up to me and he says... I just don't feel like I'm I'm where I need to be. I just I, I saw you go up there and it was just nothing. And I was just like, that was a perfect good teachable moment because you could just say, oh well, you know, no, yeah, oh, you'll do better. Yeah, put in your dues. Yeah, you just say that. But to be able to teach him those social cues to let him not get discouraged, I looked at him. I said, my dude, it's not. It's just a factual thing. I've got ten plus years on you, man. Right. Once you get into that program, once you put in the hard work that you did that I see on stage, you're going to be unstoppable. I, I get that question with like all kinds of things that I do, right? It's like drums. It's like sight reading music, which I do all the time. And you always get the question of like, how do you do that so well? And it's like time, time. You just do it over and over again until it's better. Which happens to be yeah. the one thing they don't want to hear as far well, as advice. Yeah, it, I mean, at a certain point, it's Sisyphus, right? <laughs> yeah. Just keep pushing that boulder <laughs> until it going. gets better. Exactly. There's also, I mean, when it comes to the voice, like you're, uh, a person's voice doesn't really solidify until about 23. So like when you're a teenager, when you're in that high school level, like even though your voice has kind of gone over that like initial change, it's still very malleable and it's still changing. For sure. And so, like, so you're not going to feel as confident to do the things on stage. You're still kind of like feeling it out. Your your muscles are still changing. So like, I mean, I I do remember and like I, when I was younger, I used to work with like high schoolers and this one kid, uh, high school. I think he was going to become a senior, and he kept he had a very high voice and he would sing there and he was like that's my whistle range and i was like i hate to tell you that like <laughs> you have a very good voice it's very high that's that's not whistle tone like here's the range of about where whistle tone happens and he got really de depressed and he was like i don't know what my voice he got because he was proud of it and he had like of course sure. i mean you have that it's something to be proud of and i could kind of, i kind of took it away um which it, I didn't mean to, but I just didn't want him like going yeah. to. I didn't want him to go to a college <laughs> sure. audition and be like, I have a whistle range and then singing in his falsetto, but not right. near exactly. I didn't want him to. So uh, I was a little bit more matter of fact than I probably should have been. And then I said, like, you know, your voice isn't done. Like yeah. you're not fully baked yet, and that's okay. It's it's going to change for a while. He's like, so this isn't my voice forever. And I was like, no. I think at that time I was like, my voice isn't even where it's going to be forever. Exactly. And so, you know, I also feel like, and I, so when I teach, um, one of the companies that I, I work for a lot, um, with teens, I, I, they, they purpose driven, put on full shows 
right? So they don't do like high school production. They don't do like high school versions, junior versions, that kind of stuff. Like we're putting on full scale shows often with like, you know, real sets, real costume, full orchestra. Like we're giving the kids exactly what they should be getting, right? Mm -hmm. um, and they often don't get in like a high school setting. Um, and I find that like, so I've, you know, I've worked with teen casts. I've worked with adult casts. Um, I find that the teens really so many times do a better job than a lot of adult casts that I've seen or worked with. They're hungry, you know. They want to be there. You're not, you know, they're not jaded they don't have by bills the process to pay. yet. Well, yeah, there's that. <laughs> but like, trying, like yeah. but listen. There's that, but like they're not jaded by the process of like just rehearsing, 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 and then performing the show. Um, you know, I find that people over time get so like disillusioned with like oh well it's just another show it's like well why are you doing it then yeah if it's just that boring to you then like i think it's i because i've definitely been in those situations sure and I'll, I'll say it i've absolutely like gone into a performance and been like whatever it's just another show i'm not gonna like i'll give it a full 70 and it's because i like when i st when i started the process i was like oh my god i'm gonna love it i'm gonna like give a performance of a lifetime and then throughout the rehearsal process was so bad and i just got i i felt so like dejected from the whole thing that i was like fuck it why like why am i giving why would i give 100 percent to this so sure. i don't think teens had that same feeling though no i well yeah i think it's very Yet. hard to get a cast of teens to that to that feeling and i think the really same bad thing, if you do. Yeah, I think the yeah. same thing happens, uh, you know, when you mix like a teen or a children's ensemble into an adult show is that, you know, that excitement is kind of infectious, right? It is, yeah. So, like, they're bringing up the overall quality, I think, of, of the work sometimes. I want to dive more in. I just... I think that's so interesting that they cast like a, basically like a teen cast of these two roles. Like that's mm -hmm. it really, really interesting. It really allowed the opportunity for them to sort of explore not only their characters in a sense, but themselves as well. Yeah. Because not only were they just like, it's not a normal thing where you got cast at your high school. Like they were, this is a pretty nice theater that they were doing productions right. at. So they saw it. And like you said about sometimes the theater process makes you feel jaded, but you could see the opportunity in their eyes, mm -hmm. which sure. is why it not only was a pleasure yeah. for you know them to look up to you, it was just a pleasure to work with them in general. Yeah. And sure. that's going back to the whole thing. It's just like with the theater process becoming so jaded, that's why I find being a good role model for youth in theater is an important thing because here's the thing. <clears throat> Teenagers, they got it pretty bad. They got a pretty bad case going on right now with like school right. and everything. I agree. With COVID, with all these regulations, with all the shit going on in the world. Mm -hmm. They come, and that's what I always try to remind myself about theater is that it's like, I always ask myself, I'm like, man, there's a lot of fucking teenagers running around this place. And then you realize to yourself, this is probably the only place they got. It's their safe haven. Yeah. And when yep. you, when you as an adult become so jaded with the process and you treat the, you know, the safe haven like that, you sort of take it away from the teenagers. And that's why right. that's the social cues I'm talking about that they pick up on. They're very impression they're very impressionable at that point. Right. So when they not only see that you are putting in the work to do the show, to do, you know, 
become very efficient at your role, they also see the excitement from you as well. And that's what keeps them going on in the process. Yeah. So, Tim, tell me, as somebody who, like, when I'm put in a show where there are even, like, smaller children, high schoolers, middle schoolers, I uh, like I said before, I just tend to avoid them. But how, like, if, if I want to enhance their experience and make it better... What are some things that I can do now that I'm a little bit more cognizant of the fact that whether I want them to notice me or not, they're going to notice what I do? What should I do now that I'm like, all right, let me let me be a good person for this <laughs> sure. two, three month process. Okay. I think I'm a little late to teach you how to be a good person. Okay. But, you know, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Let me, teach me how to fake it. <laughs> there right? we go. There I'm we go. not a bad person. No, 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 no. Don't te- look at me like that. <laughs> You could have not said anything, and that would have never been. <laughs> it's not visual. I, I'm literally like, te- like I'm here to learn, and you're just like you're garbage. So please, what? Tim, <laughs> teach me. Well, that's the beautiful thing about community theater, really. Is I thought that... you were going to say that's the beautiful thing about garbage. <laughs> Shut up God. and let Tim teach me. <laughs> I would say that's that's the beautiful thing about uh, community theater is that when you find yourself want to be a role model or a teacher, you find in those instances you're also becoming a student. You know, because mm-hmm. you never stop, you never stop learning. Right. You never stop picking up the craft. You never stop absorbing everything. And if I could give any advice is like how to like, you know, become friendly or just anything with teenagers uh, in the show during the process is just acknowledge their presence. Like, because okay. that's the thing is when you're an adult in the cast and usually the teenagers are taking on more of the ensemble roles, which is mm-hmm. fair. You got to get yeah. in there. They got to pay their dues. They got to work their way up. Is a lot of people, those jaded people we talk about in this process, they sort of tend to view the teenagers is just like, we don't need them. You know, if they oh, left yeah. or dropped off tomorrow, we don't really need them, mm-hmm. you know? And that's the hard part is that they already live in a disposable world. We don't need them to feel disposable as well. That's a really good point. So when you start to acknowledge the importance of them in a theater show in general, that's when you can start to look at the teenager and be like, look, man, I want to help you. I want to help you get to where you need to be. I need you to help me uh, get to where I need to be. Mm-hmm. And it was just, a, it was a good partnership with uh, James and Mamma Mia. It was actually very cute, if you don't mind me saying. Uh, <laughs> he had this one part where he had to be on stage and it's after Sophie gives the news, like, oh, you know, uh, uh, well, I know we're getting married, but I invited my three dads. What the fuck ever. And uh, <laughs> I remember of, that line. Yeah, yeah. Line. It's a <laughs> very, very important, potent I say, line. Wow, made us yeah. throw away the best, <laughs> this... one of my favorites. <laughs> but uh, so... She, uh, my Sophie would deliver that line and I just did this little hammy thing because here's the thing and you'll see this from the TikToks I don't look like a normal Sky kind of got like curly hair a little bit more weight than I should ladies I'm just kidding <laughs> I'm still with, I'm, I'm still with the beautiful weight. Maddie by the way I'm just kidding <laughs> But I like my, my point is, is that I don't look like a traditional sky that you would see on Broadway, you know, with the shirt all the way open with the abs, you know, the beautiful skin and hair. Like, I just don't look like that guy. And that's fine. I don't need to. It's not in the script. <laughs> I mean, you're on an island in Greece. The whole idea of Mamma Mia is just painted oh so my, beautifully. You, I'm just sure. saying. OK, <laughs> but it's still beautiful. <laughs> but oh. my thing is, is that, uh, you know, when you go into Broadway and you see it, you're not the staple of what you would see that show or you would see the poster that show be. And I had to look at that and, and say, that's a good all right, change that you're making. And I'm proud of you. Thank, thank you. you. But I would look at it and be like, all right, because I don't follow that role, I'm going to do what I can do to make this role the best that I can be. So yeah. I do what I do. I play it goofy. I make it comedic. I do what mm-hmm. I can to make it as a real person as I can. Yeah. 
And there was this moment where I would just like acknowledge to the stage, sort of break the fourth wall when she would tell me, oh, I have three dads and they're coming. I would just like look at her and just stare. And this got a huge reaction from the audience. Mm -hmm. And James was so discouraged that he couldn't get a laugh out of that part. And I said, that's not necessarily a funny part. But he goes, but I want that. I want that. He's like, that's my goal. Like, that's what I want from that part. And during the closing show, we would always watch each other do our parts. And final show, he did a reaction. He got a big laugh from the audience. Ran off the stage, gave me the biggest hug I've ever had. Oh, that's so cute. And that's where it really showed me the importance of letting them know how the process is. It's just, you gotta, you gotta let them, you gotta give them validation. And I know teenagers are fickle, <laughs> fickle creatures, but they are as impressionable as they are. They just, they just need a little validation. And that's what, that would be my biggest advice is just letting them know that they exist and they're here and they're important. And as much as honestly, I, just, I can hear. I, like, I can't hey, wait for the teenagers who listen to this podcast to be like, "I'm a fickle creature." <laughs> I mean, I was when I was. I'm here in for you and school. I support you, but you know what I mean. Listen, I mean, it's it, it is. You're absolutely right, and yeah, I mean that. It sounds so simple. Probably everybody's listening was like, "Yeah, that's a pretty simple thing to do." I don't do that, <laughs> so that actually is helpful, and it it gives me some thoughts of. Um, of how no, I wouldn't say I'm gonna be a, a, a huge like there's gonna be this huge change in who I am, but I'm definitely going to make uh, an effort to like not fully ignore them entirely. Yeah, well, I think that you know it also comes down to like when you're in a process with someone, or even if you're fully teaching, right? To a certain point, to a certain point. We also, if we're talking about like high school students, which is what you had in the show with you, right? Sure. Yep. Like, I feel like the easiest thing to do, and it really is like, it can be really genuine. It's really easy to make this genuine. Just like, don't talk down to people younger than you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? At a certain point, it, what it really comes down to, if you're doing a show with like someone younger than you and you're like, then it's like, you know, I've seen like adults really like talk down to like, not even teenagers, like people in their right. like early 20s, but especially teenagers like, oh, well, you're young, so you don't mm -hmm. get it. Instead of like explaining yeah. things. Right. And it's like, yeah, yeah. You know how easy it is to not do that? <laughs> and you how, know how easy yeah. it is to just talk yeah. to somebody like they're a person? And how easy it is it will be for that to last for them. Yeah. Like right. you think that one handed comment is just like gonna stay there. It's they're gonna carry that shit longer than you yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 just treat everybody at a certain point. Sometimes I just wanna look at some of these like older guys who do that and be like, Well that that teenager was cast in the same show as you, so <laughs> Yeah. What does that say about you? You're putting on the same product <laughs> everybody else is. Like, yeah. it's you weren't paid to come out of here. It's just like, it's just that hierarchy that you give yourself, and that's mm -hmm. that goes back to like what I said is like, most of the time kids feel like they're not important because they're seen as disposable, right. and it's like that's right. you you don't want that to be the case. Well, I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head when you were talking about like uh like theater being a safe place, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it should be somewhere where. Like, you know, they feel comfortable and it should be somewhere that, you know, they don't have to worry about stuff like that. Because if you think about, like, if you think 
way back to when we were in like high school, right? You <laughs> Southern high school theater. I don't remember <laughs> high school. I think we had like ten dollars for right. budget. Yeah. I uh <laughs> yeah, I think that um you know, you spend all day around teachers who are very teachery mm-hmm. oftentimes. Mm-hmm. Um and then when you when you go to do the thing that you want to do that you've been looking forward to all day. You don't want that to also be like people talking at you. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Especially people you consider your peers. I've always said that like I just I have always from the time I was like 10 to 12 years old, you know, I've had people who were 30 years older than me who I consider my friends because we all did theater mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. You know, we shared ex- we shared the same experience. These people are my friends. A lot of them are still my friends, you know? Exactly, yeah. Um, so when I, you know, now, at the end of my life... Uh, <laughs> During my <laughs> trip here, you have said that like... God's ears, times. <laughs> my God. That's I, my joke. You also can't steal my joke. Oh, yes, I can. See, that's why the teens will feel so I close. We have time. fickle creatures in that's here. That's embarrassing. <laughs> Just be funny. It's so simple, folks. Yes. Be funny and be a good person. I, All I, good points. From thank you. That's two things I do every day. I'm glad you agree. You do one of those. Yeah. A wonderful person. I do. But I that means do, you're not funny. Uh, you know, no. <laughs> I'm hilarious. I make you whores laugh every day. And you know what? If I'm such a bad person, why do I do schoolwork for six adults? Oh no, it's coming. They're back called around. my group project oh, partners. Oh, here, yes. Snap. Sorry. Let's get Sorry. It going. intermission so Adam can talk about his <laughs> there's, group project. There's no way that they can they've ever there, there's no way they are finding this podcast. <laughs> I so God what the fuck was I saying? I had an end to that thought. I guess it wasn't very important. No. Oh, now at the end of my life, you know, I I tell people like, you know, that's my friend. And every once in a while, if you're not around like theater people, it's like that person is 65 years old, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, that's my good friend, yeah, who I grew up around. <laughs> like, you know exactly. what I mean? Um, Most beautiful part about community theater is you find that community that's very lasting throughout like your school years, because most of the time, and I'm sure you can vouch for me, is like most of the time, kids who go do uh, theater at a certain place during high school tend to go back there, you know, as an adult, just to continuously go back to that theater because they've built up a repertoire for themselves. Mm-hmm. They know the people. They know the area. They, again, safe haven. They just feel very comfortable. There. I don't know very many people who just like did theater for a while and then never went back to it. Yeah. I think I actually I know I, I know a lot of people who did theater in high school and whatnot and then haven't since probably because I mean they went to college probably they probably went to college for not theater they were right they they didn't they never wanted to make it a profession or a big part of their passion and they just didn't really have the opportunities in college probably because the shows were done and the theater majors got the roles and they right. just, they were busy. They were college students. They were doing their own thing. And then after college, we're like, I don't know what to do now. I think exactly. it does happen a lot more than you think. I will posit that that's not really what I'm talking about because I think high school theater is a completely different thing than doing community theater as like a child or a teen. That's what I was going to say. I when you, both. I think, but I think it, it, it's both, but it's different. 
Right? No, but I mean, I'm I'm talking about this this situation that I'm talking about oh, happens sure. if you're in high school and do community theater as opposed to doing theater in your high school. It's the same story, but it happens. Yeah, I guess I ju- I, I I just I think it's different. I think that high school theater is something that like I understand that it's different. I'm saying that the people there. There, are, I know a lot of people who did community theater up till high school and then didn't afterwards. Sorry for not acknowledging you, Adam. I, no, know I don't think it's not acknowledging you know that, that it's different. I don't think it was more acknowledging. I think just understanding what he's saying. I'm just kidding. So anyway, back to my point. I think that it's different. In what meaningful way to the conversation isn't different, Trey? <laughs> Oh, this is just what I thought it would be. Oh, I love this whole process. This is beautiful. (laughs) This is just it. This is the whole podcast. Just me and Adam just kind of staring at each other like this. But going off (laughs) what you were saying, Trey, I was thinking about that. Like the difference between like high school theater and community theater. Like something that was really hard to deal with is when you go to college and you're doing theater in that area, it's kind of a rough setting because you have the competition in high school, sure, but then you're like doing your own thing. You don't know if this is something you're going to go ahead and go forward in your time with. Sure. In college, you're pretty much settled like this is what I want for my future. Then you're in class and in competition with a bunch of other people who have that same mindset. Right. Like, look, I have this understanding that I've had to get comfortable with for a long time, and it's not even something that took that long to get comfortable with. It's just a very serious and real thing is that when it comes to musical theater, there's a lot of parts that aren't inherently written for a lot of you know lead females in those shows. Mm-hmm. That's just a thing. That's just a fact. It's writing. And when you have something like that, you tend to have like a uneven number in your classes. Like I remember there were 10 guys, 47 girls. Right. And I would have to go up to the, you know, I'd have to go to the cast list a lot and I would get very discouraged because... I would see my name, I would get a good get a good lead role, mm-hmm. great, and then have someone off to the side tell me, you only got that role because you got a penis. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I remember going against five other guys for this role, but that's fine. And that's my main point is with community theater and college theater, you get these two dichotomies that are very weird because in community, you have a chance to look at these adults that either, whether or not they went to college to go, progr- uh, to go further in this uh, field, you know, or whether they wanted to just like have a different job and go and do it on the side, you get to learn from that adult. You get to learn from that potential role model, that encouragement that you wouldn't necessarily get from that very harsh competition setting. I think competition breeds creativity. It breeds, you know, competition is good. Com- no, competition, competition is always good. I mean, there's always going to be the competition when you do right. it for community theater, but I think there's a difference between having the competition and wanting to be the best of who you are, and then people just coming up and just throwing away the entire work that you did merely on a piece of anatomy. I think that there's where where there's a difference between um, a academic setting and a community theater setting is that um, in community theater, you can lose out on the role based off of your age. It can very well be we've decided that we want the we want this role to be played by somebody older or vice versa. You know, we we actually like the idea of somebody younger playing this role yeah. where maybe it was traditionally played by an adult. And that's something that you're not gonna find in in an academic 
setting and in, in your college or in your um, sure, high sure. school because you're all the same age. Right. So it's never like, I mean, if, if a freshman got the role over a senior, as much as they're like, I can't believe it. It's like, well, it wasn't because of your age. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all, y'all <laughs> look the same to me, to be honest. But it's that that level of encouragement you get from because what I I realized when I was in college is that the senior was more willing to put it down, put you down rather than lift you up. Like yeah. they would say, well, Absolutely. I got the role because I'm a senior rather than congratulations on getting this role so early starting off. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's any like, well, we were, Tim, we were just watching the movie uh, Whiplash last mm-hmm. night. Love it. Yeah. It is a, it is a really great movie, mm-hmm. but I often, so I often get asked about, I swear there's a point to this that relates. I often get asked about that as like a drummer who went to college for drums, which does it, well, it was as silly as it sounds. I'm glad uh, we put the two and two together. Yeah. I, you. you know, I, <laughs> I won't say anything. I, <laughs> I got, you know, I get asked a lot like, Oh, well, is, was it like whiplash? No. Uh, all my teachers were really chill. Um, very chill. Very like chill. Wildly like chill. wildly like chill. Like almost never showed up to class. That's not true. <laughs> uh, mostly. Mostly. Mostly that's not true. I um, I will say that I did take one English language arts class while I was there that was required. And during the class, we were supposed to read three books and write three essays over mm-hmm. the semester, which is a wildly low amount of work anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got to tell you that I read zero books and I wrote zero essays and I got an A minus in the class. <laughs> you find a lot of classes like yeah. that in the college But anyway, I, so, you know, I, I, I did say like the one really super accurate thing in this movie about going to like an arts college is like a throwaway half of a scene right in the beginning where the main character is like sitting in the class and like four feet away from him, two of the other guys in the band are like openly shit talking him. Mm. And I was like, that's the most realistic thing is that your peers sometimes will be assholes because there's this like drive to compete for everything in an arts college. Everyone talked about me behind my back. Nobody said it right next to me. That's so nice for you. Yeah. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. It's where I want it to happen. Can it, do we have a sound they, cue for uh, golf well, also, if they, I, I, I mean, know. if they, I think people knew me well enough that it had, they said something in earshot, I would have had a mouthful and I would have said it. I wouldn't have just sat there and like avoided conflict. I absolutely <laughs> would Avoiding have. Avoiding conflict, like, Adam. Not, not for no. me. I absolutely would have ripped them to shreds. Um, or in our fashion, just eat just eat pizza in the corner no. while we don't accept no, somebody's apology. we're not apology. talking about that story. That's, <laughs> that has nothing to do with this conversation. Sure, I, That's I for know. another day. Oh, now it's a secret. People are going to wonder. We need to talk about the youth That's, in community. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. Jesus. Can, I forget we're talking about. Can we about, talk uh, about these boys that, that I need to just corral them Is back? Is that us? Are a, we the boys? Excuse me? What? Y'all heard me. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's it's like when you were saying like that drive for competition really does create a different social infrastructure. And that's one of the points that I have is like what social tools can you give a child or the youth in theater 
what can you give them to help them not only on stage but off stage? Well, I think that the competition is different, right? So if you're going to school for theater, it is it is like cutthroat. Yeah, a lot of time things with what you said, Adam, with like stuff like you know everyone's kind of the same age, so everyone's kind of going for every role. You just want the most challenging role or the biggest mm -hmm. role. You want to show off. So you, want you want the, want the biggest role. Yeah. And in, in community theater, I find that not only are there now variables on, on age and stuff like that, but also like, you know, very seldom do I see someone being like outwardly super aggressive in like a community theater audition. And, and like when someone leave. is, it's weird, right? It's weird. It's something it's you leave. notice immediately and you're just like, oh, that guy sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Like oh, yeah. then, then go like then try to be, like if you're gonna behave that way, do something more professional. Go, like go back to a collegiate setting if that's what you want. But yeah. community is for community. Yes, it exactly. is to build community. It is for the community around you. And if you want to be a toxic person in that community, it shouldn't be allowed. There have also been instances like uh, sometimes when we were in college shows, they would allow us to also be part of community shows. Like I remember during my time, I was in one of the musicals at Anderson University, but I was also doing Shakespeare in the Park. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was able I to do that at the same that. time. Yeah. And you learn a lot of things going in and out of that, out of an academic setting back into a community theater setting. You get to sort of have both the best of uh, best of both worlds and just the absolute worst. Yeah. Because you see, oh, shit, competition still exists. That's good. You know, need that drive for when I get out of school. But then you go back and realize, damn, this competition isn't really anything compared to what I have waiting for me in some degrees. Correct. Yeah. Also, I feel like doing something like that calls like college theater students on some of their bullshit. Ooh. I, there's like a... So many like humbling a, processes. There's like a real vibe of like, I call it like the first year of college vibe where like you go off to like arts college for a year and then you come back home over the summer and you're just like, I have so many opinions that are so right <laughs> about everything. Yeah. I'm so right all the time. And then like you, you get never in met your... me. How did you like know my entire <laughs> I know. monologue my and freshman then, year? And then you go back into like a community theater setting with people and you're just like, oh, I was wrong. You, and you get to take that with you into your second year. Exactly. And I think that's good. <laughs> you realize you got this sort of false validation. Oh, in, for sure. Where in reality, when you're in community theater, you want to help like young people get that validation they need to sort of encourage them and keep them up with the process. But that's a lot different than false <laughs> validation that they take to different shows. And then you start to realize, oh, my God. This kid's kind of a pompous ass. Here's what. Here's my, my thoughts on that being... A, be, being that person and being the pompous ass um, after you, my like first no. semester, my freshman year, um, my advice to my youthful self would be: you are in in some aspects you are correct. You should be really proud of the growth that you've made over a semester, and you do feel like there is a huge leap that you make from when you've been kind of a little bit more stagnant in high school to being in a collegiate setting. You grow super quickly especially in that first semester be proud of it and use that and, and keep going but it does not mean anything in the long run like use your growth be proud of it improve go into a, a setting with that confidence but just know that 
there's a lot of people around that that entire time other people have been growing as well and Mm -hmm. you should be you should notice their growth and be proud of it as well yeah it's like i said you you never stop growing in theater no matter who you are you never stop that learning process yeah i also just want to say for the record while we're on the kind of like subject of like theater college and talking about that for a second that i honestly think that um you know i find teaching particularly private lessons there's a lot of like parents especially who are like nervous for like oh my kid wants to go to school for theater and i feel like they're wasting their life and Mm. they'll never do anything and i would posit agree or disagree that if you even kind of want or have an interest in theater going to school for theater doesn't necessarily mean that that is what you are going to or even that you want to do or that's all that you can do right exactly so going to school for theater you know teaches you about public speaking it teaches you skills. about com- communication big time. It teaches bullshitting you bullshitting an interview. Bullshitting an interview. It, oh my god! Honestly, Ooh. though, it teaches you, um, you know, how to connect with your emotions. Sell mm-hmm. yourself to a customer. Sell your product. Yeah. Like sales. Be creative. So many people in sales have been associated with theater. It's not, it's not even funny. Sure. Yeah, dude. It, I mean, there are a lot of transferable life skills. There are a lot of transferable personal skills about knowing yourself and knowing what you bring to the table, having confidence in yourself that are, I think are huge for many things outside of film and stage. Because yeah. most parents think the end goal for someone who wants to go in the arts is I want to be a Broadway star. Right. That's like the very old school mindset. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, they want to go immediately to New York on a, you know, put everything on the line until they get on Broadway. When in reality, there's just so many things out there that your, you know, theater skills can apply to. And in fact, if 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 you're a teenager listening and 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 you want to be on Broadway, I would also posit that you might not even need theater school. If you know what I mean, if your only goal is I want to be doing theater in New York, you probably need to just step one, move to New York. New York. Yep. <laughs> I have no advice for that. Because like, oh, I just, who am I? How matter of fact, you are, <laughs> I have no advice. If if somebody says to me, "I want to go to Broadway," like I, uh, these are words that you're saying to me, and I can't really acknowledge them because like, the fuck do I know about that? So, well, that's the thing that that goes all the way, you know, that goes all the way back to what we've been talking about the entire time is, you know, when you're dealing with youth in theater, they become so impressionable and they have these big dreams because. I, I got to tell you, I did, you do have those cliche moments being in theater. I don't know if you guys had the same, but I speak for myself when I had that moment in my life for theater. When, you know, the first show I was ever in was with your wife. We did Little Abner. She pulled me from the marching band field and said, we need some dude to play the character or Evil Eye Flegel, Just some Brooklyn guy who lived in a cave in the mountains. Don't ask me why that's his character. That's just who it was. And Little I, Abner is a weird show. It's a very weird show. Adam, do you know that show? Not very well. You would not like I that show. I, probably I think there are a couple of songs I know from it, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know any songs from it. I gotta tell you. Jubilation T. Corn Poem. That's right. 
<laughs> That's I all am, you need to know I about that, sir. Let me that. usher this, us back into the world of <laughs> youth in community theater. Got you, got you. But I don't understand. <clears throat> when, when I got on stage for the first time, like I remember thinking to myself, I didn't like this. I didn't like theater. I didn't, I didn't really see it going anywhere. I didn't really want to be a part of it in any degree. But the second that spotlight hit me, the exact second it hit me, I thought to myself, I won't be able to live my life fully unless I'm doing this. Well, that's the bug, right? It's the that's bug. That's what everyone talks about, about like, yeah, you know, once you do theater, you're never going to just like do it and then put it down. Yeah. Because uh, it's fun. I mean, it's, it's, it is, it is a fun, it is fun whether you're an adult or like a kid, right? Mm-hmm. It is fun to have a goal, particularly a communi- community oriented goal. Everybody's yes. working towards one thing. That's why, I mean, if you want to like psychoanalyze the whole thing, right? That's why like sports are so popular, right? Is because it's a community goal. You're working with a team to achieve something. Exactly. And theater is the same way. I'm not going to sit here and be that guy that's like, theater is a sport. Because it's, that's not it. But like, well, we I, know it I is. throw it's up much. when I do theater, <laughs> so I don't think it's a sport. <laughs> I what just wish this was. Done? <laughs> uh, actually, we don't have to get to. We're going into my childhood outside of community theater, and I don't think we're ready for that. But so I you don't know how ball. ready I am. I so volleyball. Soccer. Let's move on. <laughs> no, I wish I had done volleyball. Actually, no, I soccer, tennis, and karate. Okay, nice. I don't know why I thought you were gonna come out with some like three just like out of pocket sports. If you were just gonna be like. Yeah, I did um, competitive bocce ball. I did table tennis, and uh, I competed nationally with uh, swimming in a kiddie pool. I suspected fencing. Fencing. I, I would Ooh. probably have been a little bit better at fencing, but that's a that's a that's a rich man sport. But even in like sports like that, you still have that overarching goal. That's like the end. You know, like I want to be the next Tom Brady. I want to be the greatest in this sport that there ever was. It's much like I want to be a Broadway star. You have so many elements that want sh- that narrow you down that makes parents scared of when their kids want to go into the arts that they have to be this certain thing. Right. In reality, you know, theater can take you so, so far in so many directions. Here's my advice for parents that want to put their kids into sports when maybe that's not the thing that I want to do. Dance <laughs> works. Dance would be a good, like, if you want, if it's about physical activity, put them in dance. That felt personal. I don't know why. <laughs> that felt very personal. That, I felt it. That's just my, my advice um, that I would give to my youthful self. Sure. Put me in, put, put them in dance, put them in community theater. There was almost a sentence that happened there, which was, that's advice I would give to myself. Put me in dance. Me, put me in <laughs> dance, please. I mean, hey, Trey, yeah. I got, I got a question for you, Trey. Since uh, you and I have both been on the side of teaching, you know, kids theater, when you're teaching them, like, how to craft their art or do what they're doing best, like, how do you help them connect their own life to their own approach? Like, I hate to be cliche, but how do you teach them to use it? Do you have, like, kids who come in there with, like, a lot of shit going on in their oh. life? Like, here's gonna be a here's yeah. gonna be a real hot button topic. Yeah, uh, I don't teach acting like that. Okay, I don't like acting like that either. Well, not necessarily acting, but crafting their art, helping them right. sing. You know. Sorry, could you go over that question again? Sure. What was? Can you define that a little bit for uh, me? Sure, 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 sure. I get it. S- s- thank okay. you. Thank you. 
so when you're teaching children theater, honestly, whenever you're teaching adults theater, I like to pertain more to youth because they have a lot more to work out because they're very impressionable. Mm-hmm. They're at a very impressionable point in their the life. Hormones are going exactly. How do you teach? children to be able to use that in life how do you teach them to be able to take what's going on in their own social life take that and apply it to their character how do you help them take that emotion that they feel in the real world and put it into this world that they have to portray i have thoughts on that actually because i've been i've been thinking this goes beyond community theater and i actually think that community theater is the answer to this problem but i've been noticing a lot there's it's been coming out more and more you know that child acting in Hollywood is not a good place. It is not safe. It is not psychologically safe. It is not physically safe. And for parents that push their kids to become stars, I say, go to community theater. And my thoughts on that are that kids, especially, you know, younger kids, but even even high schoolers, should not be allowed to play emotions beyond what they are ex- they actually experience um, because it is psychologically um, n- and mentally not good for to make people who haven't fully understood their de- their range of emotions to step outside of that and push themselves into doing emotions that they don't know how to settle afterwards. There's no cool down. There's no good way for them to make sense of the emotions that they are being forced to um, experience that are beyond their natural range. So that's my thought. Until until you under or have that that empathy, you shouldn't have kids try to go beyond that. It is not a smart thing for them to do. I mean, that's like that that gets into like how do you act. Right. So let's say you're doing an emotional piece, right? Adult, teenager, whatever. Like it really doesn't matter. Let's say mm-hmm. you're doing an emotional piece. So I've I've heard all of these different ways of 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 getting there. And it really just depends on the person and what you're taught and what works for you at a certain extent. Me personally, I don't necessarily love as a concept. People who go like, I'm going to connect, like, like connect it to your emotions, connect it to your life or like, oh, you need to dive into your past and figure out like what I'm not trying to, I'm not necessary, but I don't think, I don't think it's necessary. Well, your emotion, when, when you're supposed to be feeling an emotion on stage, you should be feeling that emotion. It doesn't necessarily be time to what. It, then it just becomes you're parroting the actions, but your emotions should drive the action. I just well, I mean, again, if that's what what works for you, that's what you think. I mean, there there are like Tim, you're the tiebreaker. You're you're getting well. We have you're a in, You're getting into like like real like acting. Br- well, like breakdowns of like how we act, right? Like mm-hmm. Stanislavski and and all that stuff which we don't really need to dive super into but like i find that the best results that i get from myself and when i teach is to simply say we don't need to dive into the emotion of this we need to dive into like the verb like what is happening and how is that happening right here's my problem with that 
I, I, I see what you're saying. I really do. <clears throat> the problem I have is that when you're teaching youth <clears throat> in theater, sorry, you have to, it's all about that validation. It's all about acknowledging it. You know, you have a lot of students that come to you from different, you know, winds blown in. You know what they're going through. Sometimes you can relate. Sometimes you can't. Whether or not we're talking about how that's <clears throat> how you act or that's how you approach acting, being able to take those emotions from your life, apply them to your character, stretch them out, exercise them is how we help create the actor that they're going to be, the person that they're going to be. Whether or not it's an efficient way to sort of bring someone's character out, those emotions are the founding blocks for how you tackle those emotions needed for that character. And it's and it is and it, and it sounds simple. If it sounds simple, it's because it is essentially. Whenever I wanted to be sad on stage, I thought about my mom and dad's fucked up relationship. I thought about how hard it was to grow up when I was a kid. I thought about all those things. Whenever I wanted to be angry, I thought about all the times in my life when shit just didn't go right, when I had to fight really, really hard. And sure. And that's the thing. I totally understand what you're saying. But when it comes to wanting the teenager to be able to be crafted in that be crafted in that character you want them to have a control of it yes and i i understand Girl, what you're what saying was too that? that's like a, yes that was a yes that was a yeah it was a, it was a, that it was, was not a, a yeah was was it was absolutely was a, not i was saying yes while i was that's thinking about word. what i was gonna say next i no. what and what you're saying is like a totally valid way of acting that is like an acting method right <laughs> Not really just an acting method, just a life method, dude. I guess. I, you know, that's just, that's just not how, like, that doesn't really do anything for me, like, even when I'm acting. Like, when I'm on stage. Like, I can't really connect with, like, myself. Like, that's just not how I think about it. That's not how my brain works, right? No, yeah. I think that's no. different from everybody. I mean, like, at the end of the day, it depends on, like, the student. It depends on how they react to things like that. Um, you that's know, a, I, it's I an did audience a, question. I, yeah, it might be. Audience, I, I did, let us know what you, like, how, if, if it's a, if it's a personal thing, like, let us know. How do you, you know, if you're an actor, or you're teaching acting, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Is it the emotion or just the action? Good yeah. Question. yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I did have, I've I've gotten... I'm pretty sure we're right. I've gotten, ex <laughs> I've gotten excellent performances out of out of students. You know, there's one who had to, I had a student once who had to sing a very emotional song in the middle of a show, and mm -hmm. uh, it was a song about grief and, and uh, like, the death of someone close to you, and it just so happened that this person's brother had passed away, like, maybe two months before we began that process. Yeah. And of course that was probably that person connecting with it. And hopefully, you know, the hope is with anything artistic, if you're bringing emotions into it, hopefully it can be cathartic in some oh. sense to, if even to, you know, I've heard people say about like, I could never really let go of this emotion until I was another character portraying that emotion. And then it wasn't me. And I was able to let go mm -hmm. and like really get that, what I needed out. 
the exactly. anger or the frustration or the pain or whatever. The point is when we're working with younger people, mm -hmm. the psychological safety that's needed is more than that of an adult because adults are us usually ha are supposed to, by this point, have a better sense of coping and how they come down from those emotions that they are being forced to feel. And that's why I say, like, if you're going to have younger people be put in positions where they have to feel such complex emotions, there also needs to be the space available to teach them how to come down from that back into the real world. Which is why you get sure. a good sense out of the teachers that, you know, these students find. You know, sometimes they can help them find that medium. They can help them find that ground. Whether, whether it is using that as an efficient tool or not, sure. it lets them work it out. And that's that's a beautiful thing is allowing those options to better figure out how they're going to work it out. And to be honest with you, it kind of flows next into our to our next topic. And that's just working with a new generation that, you know, mm -hmm. that. Whew, Degrassi, be, the next this, generation. This is going to be next Degrassi, generation. the next generation, the next generation. Because we were the next generation. Because we were Degrassi, the next generation. Yeah. I yeah. think there's a new one, but I. There's I'm a new too, one? I think there is, but I'm too old. I can't. Do they have a musical episode? I don't. I didn't see it, but they I can juggle chat. If they had I, Drake, they had to have a musical episode. It was before he started. Was it before he started? Per, yeah, oh, I, thought God, he was, yeah. I thought he was OG. Really? No. I mean, no, no. I'm sorry. Like he was in Degrassi, but he didn't start. Like he didn't have I'm, a label or I'm anything. Fairly like, certain he didn't that, have an album. that Drake's career went Degrassi. <laughs> Drake. Champagne Poppy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what I always think. There's never a middle part. He's like, just I do want to know, like. The Degrassi, the next generation, the next generation. How do we work with them? Well, I want to. I want to uh, start that off by asking you guys a question, and this is something you know. Oh, no. I want to hear your feelings on it. During Mama Mia, twice. <laughs> during uh, during Mama Mia, we had a director. I will not name any names. We had a it's director. Learning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've already had to cut eighteen names out of this episode. <laughs> One of them was just one long compliment, but I had this, I had this director and during a rehearsal with, uh, the two, uh, the two skies and the two Sophies. So there's both the adults and the teenagers in the room present. He was referencing to another cast member and this was like a cast of like 65 people. It was just a large cast, you know, a lot of teenagers, a lot, Ugh, a lot of young Mama people. Mia. Oh God. That wasn't funny. Oh, just, I know. Audience. Hurt. I know it wasn't. If you laughed. Take it back because that back. wasn't Just, funny. No, I know it Pull wasn't it funny. Out. That's why I said it. <laughs> please, please continue, Tim. <laughs> but um, when he when he was sitting there, he was referencing to another cast member, and he went, he, I mean, she, I mean, that. Look, having to be politically correct is stifling me artistically. That that just means what, that that person is a piece of shit. That's what they said. And I remember as soon as I heard it, I felt this feeling of just ugh, like, yeah. wh like uh, what, wh when you say having to be politically correct, I want you to be clear that what you were trying to do was just be called what they already told you. Like we filled out this paper under it. It said, what are your preferred pronouns? It's not like if <laughs> it's not being politically correct. It's just not being a piece of shit. Exactly. But also, how, in what way? Does it stifle creativity? Exactly. But, I mean, we know the. I, this is we as the audience. I hope we all know the answer. But maybe this is something that, if if you're a director and you've ever thought this, it's a good question to ask yourself. How, where does the creativity go? 
Yeah. When you have to respect people. No. <laughs> so, I think Adam, what... you know you can't be creative and respectful. Come on. <laughs> I thought maybe like what made him say that is that, you know, he was a very, very, very old school actor. Like I'm talking, you looked at him and you just got it's the sense like 1930s of. 1930s or like, what's very, very. <laughs> Motherfucker was old. All right. Like, was he like, when I looked at him. Age? When... <laughs> <laughs> That's a good joke. That's funny. <laughs> It makes it less funny when you say that's a good joke. Yeah, don't no. point out your jokes, Adam. <laughs> well, the point was that Somebody's you made a bad to, joke. Otherwise, nobody will get it. If I'm learning, you got to learn too. All right. But when I looked at him, all I could think of, all I could think of was, hmm, that's Zero Mostel and the first producers, that old. Oh, okay, gotcha. I mean, the motherfucker at least told us about 800 times. So when I was pseudoless, you know, funny thing happened the way the forum. This is how I did it. I'm like, not so, only is that a horrible show to reference to, like youth theater. Yeah, yeah. not Christ. only is that a horrible show. <laughs> also, like you couldn't pick a more. I don't give a fuck. Topic. Back when I was in Damn Yankees, <laughs> exactly. you know the those show that both... you kids love. It's so funny because those are both shows I did in high school. <laughs> of course they are. <laughs> Oh, wait, you did a funny thing happen on the way in form in high school? unfortunately did a funny yeah. thing happen so on the way in form. So did I. Played Cynics. We have talked about this before. Not to our audience. <laughs> our audience. Our is a part of it now. I, I don't like how much we're talking about my my youth in this, so can we continue? <laughs> so, Adam, when you were about eight years old. <laughs> I don't exactly. remember. Where did it all start? <laughs> no, but I, I do, like, honestly, what do you think drives someone to A, say that, and then B, how do you think that... How, what kind of impression do you think that leaves on kids who hear that and hear that the wrong way? That the they, bad impression. Exactly. But I mean, like, but does it make expand, them want to over, like, well, okay. So I'm, I'm a youth in community theater and I've heard somebody say this and maybe I, I don't, I haven't been given like the, the idea hasn't been reinforced in me that this person is wrong. Mm-hmm. I am probably looking up to this person and I think, they're right. Like create. I don't know enough about the creative process to know that there is. And if you're listening, know that this isn't some like calling somebody by their correct pronouns or their their correct name does not hurt the creative process. But maybe they don't know that, and then they feel like they are actually hindering the the show and uh, ultimately its success. So that is the impact that it can make. The question to what made him want, what made him think this that that was okay to say, or what made him feel this way, is I think he's having insecurities about his own creativity and needs something to point to other sure. than himself. So why not point to this new thing that because I've I've heard it from a lot of the older generation. It's just so hard to learn. It's uh, it's I it's too it's too much. I can't learn something new. Um, and I actually I. Was I was thinking about this earlier today, about like I think one of my worst fears is growing up and not continuing to grow emotionally and grow empathetically, because I never want to be that person that says I I'm too old to learn anything new about that could put, potentially save someone's life or make them feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. I'd also is like, it's so easy to make little changes too. Yeah, it's like if you the, can't learn like anymore. Like, break. You're like, lying. In like one of the changes that I've made over the past, not recently, over the past, you know, ten years, is like I often won't now say like if I'm like teaching an ensemble vocals, right? I'll no longer say like 
all right, guys sing this, girls sing this. I'll mm-hmm. say tenors and baritones sing this part, altos and sopranos. That's the easiest fucking baseline thing that I could ever do it's to make someone change. feel comfortable. It's not a hard change. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I think what it comes down to is that, I mean, I'll, hold on, give me half a second. I need to think about how I tell this story. Recently, I heard of an, a like a youth educator who had made this person is like teaching in like a school setting, not like a public school, but like a, like a, like an after school program. Mm -hmm. Right. And said something to the effect of like, well, you know, the kids here, the kids who take theater classes here, they're just becoming too comfortable. They're becoming way too comfortable. You know, that mean, are they sleeping on nice beds? No, it sounds lovely. <laughs> wow. What does comfortable mean? From what I understand, they were like, you know, they wanted to like hang out at the facility, like after hours and classes, like not weird, just like hang out with their friends for yeah. like 30 minutes after a class or like, shit. you know, they were going, there was like a kitchen in the facility and they were going into the kitchen to like get water or put things in the refrigerator without asking anyone. Not the refrigerator. I know. And and I got to tell you that my my out loud response was, well, Jesus Christ, far be it from us to make teenagers fucking comfortable in the place they come to do art. Yeah. I mean, it it should be a good, like, I, you should be be proud that that is the place that they feel comfortable in. It's their safe haven, like we were saying, yeah. Exactly. And, you know, the, the, the point of it is, and this will bring it back around to your person, right, mm-hmm. that you were talking about, is mm-hmm. that, like, a lot of the teenagers that you get in, like, theater, right, are the people who feel like they have been othered elsewhere, yeah. whether it be at home or at school or wherever. So you end up with a lot of people who feel like they're outcasts and... It's really important for them to have a place where they do feel accepted Mm. for exactly who they are. So, I mean, the long and short of it for me is all that person is doing by saying, like, oh, it's stifling my artistic process to, like, use someone's pronouns, right? It's like all that person is saying is, I don't get it. I'm upset at nothing. It's like a real old man and yells at cloud situation. I'm not to do the work to understand not, it, yeah, exactly. even though it's a Google search away. That's what I was saying. And it yeah. really is like all, and, and this is what I truly feel. All that person is doing is shooting themselves in the foot. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we hope that this like younger generation will be like, oh, well, that person is an asshole. (laughs) Um, And eventually, I started using this phrase. Someone said recently, I said it to them for the first time, and they were like, oh, I really like that. Um, And the the phrase that I've come to like is uh, follow along or be dragged. 
Because it's like, you really either need to like, figure out how to like, okay, you know what, things are changing. Yep. And especially with stuff like this, like things are changing for the better. Mm -hmm. And I can either like, put in the work and put in the effort, or I can resist until I am left behind or dragged through the mud to get there. Yeah. It very much gives life to the whole, to the other phrase, you know, get a, get on board or get out of the way. Right. And, and that's what, you know, going back to that director, you know, it was kind of sad because I had heard so many people, including the young man, James, uh, he had said, oh, that's such a shame. He had like eight or nine shows where he was just the best. And, you know, you heard it from everybody else. And I said, whereas that's a good thing that you had a great connection to that uh, director. The problem is, is that he's already established himself as that role model that a lot of these kids look up to. Mm -hmm. And so, like you were saying before, when they don't really know what that means, they look up to him regardless and think that that's going to be the appropriate way to handle themselves when they become an adult in community theater. And that's just not... When you put yourself in a responsible situation to be a role model or a teacher to these kids, you want to let them know that you have to be able to create an atmosphere that's going to be comfortable for not only yourself, but for everybody else who's going to step foot in that theater. And also, people are complex. People are complex. There are layers to people, right? Yeah. So if you're saying like, oh, he was so cool for like eight or nine shows. Well, you just found something out about him that sucks. Yeah. Um, it was, and you know, and that happens. Mm -hmm. It happens. Happens a lot, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think, I think this is, I think this is a good conversation to have. I think that you know, when I think the end all be all, right, is that like when you include younger performers in your productions, or when you're teaching younger performers. I think it's important to make them feel a part of the process. I think it's important to make them feel accepted. I think it's important to make them feel welcomed. This is their safe space. This is some place where they can learn not only how to do the artistic thing, but learn about themselves and learn about being in a community and learn about working towards something as a team and to learn about, you know, just a life. Yeah. Life. So I think it's super important. That's yeah. all. That's all you ever want to do at the end of the day. You just want to help. You know, I, I, I've I've always wanted to go into this as a passionate thing, like teaching teaching theater, especially sure. teaching the younger generation theater. And you know, you just want to be able, not only to be able to teach, but still become a student every single day. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. That's um, and that's something you learn when you do start teaching. Is that like the best way to learn something is by teaching it. And watch TikTok. God, you learn all the terminology from there. All the dances that they want to do. I had so many things. I don't think I would have known what the Wiggle Wiggle song was unless I knew about TikTok, you know. I'm pretty sure that I can talk to somebody without that, but... Uh, but not you, you going to die on that hill? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Speaking of which, I'd like to plug our TikTok. <laughs> Holy fucking shit. <laughs> I'd yes. like to plug our social. <laughs> oh, that was perfect. And Adam, what platforms are we on? We're on Instagram. <laughs> Say what else? <laughs> Say what else? <laughs> fucking what else? Twitter. What else? And TikTok. <laughs> 
We've done it. We've done it. We've connected with the youth. Our handle is theater mandate. All one word. No dashes. Theater man dash. No, there's no dashes. (laughs) Theater mandate. Or feel free to email us with some of your thoughts on this episode at theatermandate at gmail.com. And just because of that, I will be watching some TikToks tonight (laughs) as I shoot myself in the foot. Well, thank you guys so much it for having me. It was a pleasure to have thank you. Thank you. Yes. This. Now walk back to Minnesota. I will. <laughs> cheaper. Because I hate flying. It is cheaper. <laughs> All right. Goodbye. Bye. Bye-bye.